Yo, 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 what's up, party people in the house? Happy Friday. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Before I introduce my guest, we're live today. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Getting back to some normalcy. The message of the week, and it is one man's garbage is another man's treasure. Today, I'm going to be talking with my friend here, Parviz. He just opened a coffee shop across the street uh, from Della, where we're sitting right now, my restaurant in Brooklyn. Uh, he's got other businesses, and he's really on the prowl and and in touch with the, the commercial scene in New York City these days. Lots of people have vacated, uh, hence the quote for today. You know, people are, are looking at their business like garbage right now. They're like, I can't do this. This is not worth it. They're, they're taking off. But there's a lot of hungry young entrepreneurs who are looking at that saying, that is going to be my future treasure. So with that, welcome, Barbies. Last name? Mukamat Kulov. <laughs> yeah, that, what he said. He's got a long middle name, too. He, yeah. he doesn't want to share that. So... What's happening? How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are all right, you? Cool. Good, good. Parvis was here for dinner last night. It was a little inviting, but uh, yeah. so we got our, we got, <laughs> Still our Pil- recovering. we got our Pellegrino and our coffee <laughs> and uh, and trying to get back on the good foot. Um, again, this is exciting because we're actually, yeah, this is only my second time since March 6th that I've had a live guest. Oh, nice. The rest of the time it's been Zoom calls, you know, and, and remote and people from all over. I mean, I've had people from Canada, people, people from California, uh, North Dakota, all over the place. So it feels good to be to be live. This is how we started uh, a year ago when we started the show, always recorded live in studio in Manhattan, and my guests would sit across the table from me. There's a little more accountability that way, I think. It's kind of yeah. nice. <laughs> and then hopefully we have less of the uh, like sound delay um, mm-hmm. that, that you get from uh, two Zoom calls, one maybe. Uh, and we'll see. I might receive a couple of deliveries while we're doing the show too. It's it's Friday. So we'll, we'll we'll trying to bring it in. <laughs> so um, Barbie's here. Actually, he he took over uh, a coffee shop that that I once owned. Uh, I opened it up uh, in 2015. Prior to that, it was uh, apartments. <laughs> oh, nice. Did you know that? <laughs> no. Yeah, they were apartments for for the longest time. I just had these two little skinny windows and we were building this out and I, you know, it was a full build out here, full gut. And I'm just sitting in the, in the front door one day waiting for guys to show up. And I see these, this crew come up and just cut like a huge storefront window out. And I'm like, Hmm, what's going on (laughs) over there? And I knew the guy doing the work. So I walked over and I was just like, what's happening? he's like, we're going to open these up. They're going to be commercial. I'm like, great. And uh, so we ended up signing the lease there. Uh, we actually had both of the spots. We had the spot next door too. The nail salon. Yeah, we, it was. Uh, that was a beer and cheese shop, and then we had the coffee shop and crepery. New York City, you guys can hear the sirens. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, actually it's it's nine eleven too. So there's a there's a firehouse right up the street, and and they just got done with their ceremonies and uh, you know taking a moment to to honor those who uh, who we lost that day. But um. Yeah, so we opened that coffee shop up uh, five years ago and mm-hmm. sold it to Matthew, the guy who owned it mm-hmm. prior to you in 2017. Just too many things going on. Bella was definitely the big focus, and it was just you know how you yeah. know you know the you know the life you know what goes on there. So we sold it to him, and then he just like vacated. Yeah, uh, he just left. Maybe. I don't know, maybe like three weeks before you, you opened up or took over. It was pretty quick. And he, you know, the guy just came over to me and said, if there's anything you want from there, grab it. I'm out of here. And he just left. He left the city. And he left the city too? Yeah, yeah. He wow. just took off. He used to live right up the street. And he totally left. And then tell tell us, like, so the, the it's called uh, 
Poetica Coffee, right? right. And you have another location in Car- Carroll Gardens, yeah, yeah Smith Street. So what was what was the timeline like for you? I want people to like really understand, like for somebody like you who's like looking for places. How did how did you was there a broker that you uh, that you used to find the space, or were you just hunting on your own? I was I was biking one day. I live right across the street too, yeah. so I was biking. I saw the sign. I knew the place was closed during the pandemic when I would yeah. sneak out when we're not supposed to. And <laughs> I snuck out every day. <laughs> yes, yeah, see, see the sun. And then uh, one day I was biking. I saw the sign. It was Sunday, and I called them, and they picked up. Uh, I think the uh, the owner also owns the local company. So it was like one big company. Uh, and they're the, like, the building owner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, do you want do you want to come see? I'm like, I know the place. So you just called here or you called the, 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 the uh, broker? The broker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then they gave me the prices and I made an offer and then I emailed my uh, stuff. I think in two days I had the keys. Yeah. yeah it was pretty so, quick. So... Did you have to buy? You didn't have to buy anything that was no. within. It was just literally just a flip. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and and I know because I put them in. There were <laughs> there were a bunch of two twenty lines, very nice lines, to lines. train lines, <laughs> like everything you need. You just had to come in and like, but you know, play. I opened in ten days. Yeah, I think this was the fastest. Fascinating, <laughs> and, and that's really the point. Is like there, there's you know, there's been a lot of suffering. Uh, through this whole thing, both, you know, uh, people have lost their lives, people have lost their livelihood, people have lost their businesses. Um, but the world is always in that kind of flux, you know, like you've got a baby on the way, you'll watch the Lion King soon enough. <laughs> it's, it's like a circle of life um, yeah. where like, you know, one plant dies and it becomes fertilizer for, for the next uh, plant. And uh, and that's and that's kind of what's happening here. And it's it's definitely an opportunity to open super fast. Where like here to to do a full gut here. This was an insurance and real estate office previously, mm-hmm. and you know the, the guy had taken everything out. There weren't even toilets in here. There wow. were just like holes in the floor. So we did a full gut renovation. Took the electric and plumbing back to the street, and then like, rebuilt because there were so many leaks and stuff. And that took that took over a year. You know. And we learned a lot. We were the contractors too. We became the contractors for this spot. And then we were watching, you know, like I said, I saw them just, they kind of just white boxed those places mm-hmm. over there. There was nothing in there. And I think we got open in three months there, you know? And it's like, if I had to do it again, I think I could do it faster. <laughs> and, you know, that's really the name of the game because when you sign these leases, you get you get a certain amount of time to build your place out. Yeah. If you, those of you who aren't aware, you get a you know, commercial lease, you get to, uh, you get some time to, to get your stuff together. And they're usually either they're not charging you rent or they're charging you cheaper rent. And so the quicker you get open, that's in, in the paperwork. They can't right. go they back can't on it. Anything, yeah. <laughs> if you open in 10 <laughs> days and you have a six month build out clause, <laughs> there's absolutely nothing they can do. And that's, that's really like, now it's like fire, the fire time, right? It's just like, yeah, I think, um, well, I was thinking about the businesses um, that closed down, specifically restaurants and then you know coffee shops. I I don't think the pandemic was the only issue. Definitely not. Because you know I'm thinking if because the moment they said you know all bars should close down, you know schools close down, like week later everybody was complaining that they will not survive. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> guys, if you can't afford to pay rent for two months. Are you doing the business right? <laughs> right, exactly. I, I totally agree. I feel like there was a lot of... I mean, if you listen to 
you know, listen to guys like David Chang, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and a lot of, uh, you know, big restaurant personalities, business personalities. And, and they would say like the, the market is kind of like imposing with yeah. rapidity for a while. I mean, every, I know, what was that? It was uh, New Year's Day, 2019. That was like a fire sale. And just like so many restaurants mm-hmm. closed down because the minimum wage went up the, the night before, which I thought was odd. Mm-hmm. Like you had the, min- the minimum wage increase started on <laughs> December 31st because they knew everybody was going to have a big staff that day. <laughs> um, and what, payroll taxes. And, uh, and, and, and a lot of people just said it's too much. And then the increasing rents. I mean, I... The story of a uh, Cornelia Street Cafe really blew me away. Do you know that spot? No. It's on Cornelia Street uh, in the West Village, or it was. And they, they were they'd been open for like forty one years, and they finally said, I, it, I think it was New Year's Day. They 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 went through New Year's Eve. They, that was like their last big hurrah, and they they said, you know, we can't we can't afford this anymore. Our rent is seventy. It was like seventy five grand a, a month. Wow. And, I, and the place is it's like twice the size of this. It's not that big. You know, it's a small place. And I was like, where were the red flags at like 25 grand? Like, <laughs> I, I just like, how? Like, how can you conceive, especially for a place that doesn't? I mean, if you've got like, if you do like online sales or you're selling information or you're a media company or something like that, where you it's really super scalable, but like you're confined. You're confined. Yeah, you have, you have limited abilities. Well, the uh, renting crisis, I think, started about, three, four years ago. Yeah. And right now, like, then again, they, everything seems like, you know, they throw it under the pandemic. Yeah. They're like, oh, you know, Manhattan is empty. It was empty. It, Last it, year it, in um, 2019, January, Manhattan was empty already. Mm-hmm. I had places, because I was I always look for new coffee shops. I had places that would collect 17,000 rent that were up for rent for 8,000. 8, yeah. And that was already going on. And then whatever happened this year just accelerated. And here we are. We have the crisis now. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, everybody's, I mean, nobody likes to say, like, I failed. <laughs> you know what I'm That's, saying? Like, yeah. It sucks to be like, you know, I, I got into this. And I think, you know, the industry was pushing for certain things and, and people kind of like drink the juice of that. And we did it first, too. You know, we totally overextended. But I, I realized it pretty early on here. And I was like, all right, now we're going to fight hard to like get that back. Cause I don't, I didn't, obviously I didn't know that this was going to happen, but I could just, I was like, man, I think that like the, the you know, the, the toothpick's going to yeah. snap. It's not going <laughs> to, you know, you're walking on thin ice. And so I worked really hard to get us into like a sound financial situation. Like we took no loans here. We got no PPP. We got nothing. Same here. Yeah. So we just like rolled up our sleeves and did it. And, and we're in better, better financial, you know, situation now that we were in march and uh you know it was three years of just like grinding and not collecting <laughs> to get to this point and and so glad. when you finally started to collect pandemic <laughs> i was so ready no straight up we just we just like uh we just kind of cleared up a big thing in january and spring is our best time of year and i was like man like this is gonna be it. It's gonna be. T- it's gonna be collection time. And then, in like early March, they were like, "So um, restaurants might have to close." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no!" I am not ready. I was like, "Can we just wait until like July?" And and we didn't get that. But but not for nothing. We we pulled it off anyways. And obviously, I think you know it would have been better if it would have played out the other way. But but we're okay. But I think it's um. Um, when we opened here, we opened in uh, August 1st. So by July, end of July, I had the lease. 
Yeah. And everybody would come up to me and tell me, well, is it an interesting time to open a business? And I opened, I don't know, seven businesses. And some of them failed, some of them didn't. Yeah. I'm like, it's not the right time, it's really. Never. never. I mean, there's not a perfect day you can open a business. There's always going to be something wrong. And if you can open, I like it better because if it's making money now, then I know for sure that everything comes back to normal. I'll do even better. That's 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 yeah. what I got my sights on too. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. Hang tight. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. everybody we're back again the entrepreneurial web happy friday here with my boy parvis he just opened up cafe poetica directly across the street or poetica coffee poetica coffee po- po- sorry making up names now that'll be the next one poetica coffee it's his uh is your second coffee poetica location as poetica yes yeah um right. we had um with other locations we me and my partner mm-hmm. but then we decided we're gonna part our ways right so this is all together. This is a fourth. Yeah. But I only have two and he has two. That's good. So, yeah. Sometimes that's, that's the right move. Yeah. yeah. So we were just talking about, uh, during the break, about um, the SBA and the PPP and how neither of us got any. <laughs> and just kind of like how uh, uh, there's, a, there's a lack of transparency and information surrounding those. And like for me here, my, uh, you know, my entire front of the house staff just left town they left the city and haven't come back so taking it it would have just been a loan for me it wouldn't have been a grant because you have to bring back your your previous staff and and keep them on for some time um and and i wasn't interested in a loan (laughs) i'll take i'll take the the, the sba loans i mean right now 
nobody's like, you know, everybody's doing whatever they have to do. Then we're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> SBA inspectors found a fraud. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's <laughs> be a lot of that. I yeah. Think. It's going to get crazy. I've got a, a, a friend who works, I can't remember what bank she works for, but as soon as the pandemic hit and they went remote, her main job was facilitating, facilitating PPP for uh, small businesses. And, um, and, and I saw her maybe like three weeks ago and I was like, how's it going? Like, what's, what's the situation? And she's like, it's going to be a total disaster. She was like, the lenders don't even know how they're going to call stuff in much less the recipients. So like, <laughs> I, I think some people will, will benefit from it. I mean, besides the banks, <laughs> besides the lenders, um, I think some small businesses it will have serviced them. And, and I've talked to some people, especially people that have like, dedicated accountants that just like all they do is like read the fine print and uh and deal with that kind of stuff but for like a guess a small guy like me that doesn't have that it doesn't have regular accessibility to that uh it, i think it, it could be it's potentially devastating oh yeah it's just, uh, just like you know speaking of 9-11 um i think uh, i read a lot of stories about what happened right after 9-11 because yeah. all downtown was uh, shut down right. and there was an sba loan and this lady was like, well, I just said that I had an office there and they gave me 300000 And then 12 years later, they came up and they was, Do you can, can you show us the lease? And now it didn't have the lease. It's eight years in prison. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. So keep your paperwork guys, <laughs> for a long time. Great. I mean, that's like the lesson, right? It's like yeah. this, they could come back and knock on your door like way, way down the road. Um, and I mean... What about commercial leases? Like the people that are that that kind of just defaulted and vacated mm-hmm. and didn't pass their lease on. Like, you know, I you know, I'm hoping he got out of his lease or I don't know. Did you take over the lease? Or no, no, no. I have, started I a fresh new lease. One, yeah. Right? yeah. So that's you were telling me the other day. That's really what's happening. Like landlords are negotiating new leases. Yeah. And it, and at first they're kind of like holding strong, and then and then they'll call you back and be like. Mm, uh, <laughs> How much did you offer again? I mean, what are some of the things that you've seen on the street? You've looked at a number of places. Oh, right? I, I always look. Um, right. Well, the key money is almost gone. That I can tell you for sure. Most of the guys, uh, I saw this place, they even have milk from April <laughs> inside the fridge. <laughs> the guy just literally closed down one day, hoping that tomorrow he'll come or, or you know, open in two days, but never opened. And then the landlord was like, well, you know, everything is here, as you can see. Key money. I'm like, no. I'm, I'm expecting a, a cheap rent because, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next year. Because if right. we have the second wave in fall with the flu and everything, and they're going to shut us down again. Right. And maybe more aggressively. I was like, you know, I have a reason. And we know that the government will not step in on time right. and help. Right. So it's just going to be me. And I was like, right. I need to make sure that the first year at least is going to be cheap. And they're very, uh, every level is working. Cool. Do. The only thing I noticed is that they all, they ask more deposits. So before it was two deposits or right. three deposits, now it's four. Right. I With mean, commercial I, rent, you can do that. Even I mean, I I've I've been in meetings where they were asking six, yeah. and uh, you know, it was negotiated that like every year one would be released because it's like crazy to have that much like <laughs> caught up in escrow. You know, it's like they're like okay, like every year release one so that oh, like. After five years, you have, you two, have two one, yeah, yeah, whatever, um, and uh, and and that's like more normalized, you know, mm-hmm. seems more realistic. Um, I, I've heard from people that were open previously who, you know, 
either have left or are still kind of hanging on that the landlords are are being really tough on the, the old leases and not negotiating at all. But if you're a new person coming in, they're like, you know, they're, I think that was the whole law. Uh, I think they always did that. Right. So many times when you when you went to place um, after five years of doing business, maybe the guy was late a couple of times or this is like, you know, old tickets situation when you get a ticket for the garbage and then this is an apartment above you. Yeah. And then you send it to the landlord and he's like, no, it's not mine. No, it's right, yours. Right, right. I think after five years, it's like one of those, you know, like relationships that you get tired of. And they're like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this guy cheaper rent. I'll just start fresh. Right. <laughs> Hopefully, right. I have met a like, yeah. It's like <laughs> like dating. It's like a new girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. right? Um, I, uh, I've had it on the show a couple times. He actually just lives right around the corner. He's he's like a premier tenant lawyer in mm-hmm. the city. Um, and uh, he was on not that long ago. Again, he was one of my first guests, but he came on just for a part of the show a few weeks ago, and we were talking about, you know, he's like basically there's gonna be like a, a you know, a, a lease crisis. An eviction crisis and he deals a, a lot with residential but he's you know very familiar with the commercial scene mm-hmm. and he said basically on both sides you know residential and commercial towards the previous tenant the landlord's like fuck you pay me you know yep. but then when you talk to somebody like you who's talking to the landlords when do leases they're like yeah okay like you know <laughs> who knows what what's happening in some of these background deals you know i think some of them are just happy to get money but they're being like super tough Oh yeah, and then there are some landlords. They're like, I have a commercial laundry. I had, I closed it down because of pandemic, not because I failed. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I had problems there for the last three years, and uh, it just when I had this um, calmness of uh, you know being at home and not being worried, I was like, you know what, this is the time. This feels good. (laughs) But I have a I have a three thousand square feet warehouse there. I had it for five years. My lease is up. I think it's August. Was you know it was the end of it. Um, I'm home, you know, the place is shut down. The landlord called me every day. I was like, I, I, what, what do you want me to do? Right. And then, um, what he did was, um, he said that I did some lightning work. This and that, he sent a handwritten note saying that I owe him like 20 something thousand dollars. And I was like, what is this? I'm like, send it from your lawyer. I mean, right. <laughs> handwritten. handwritten yeah. And, and then somehow he started to send the same thing to all my friends. Yeah, that was the weird part. That was like, I wanted to work with you. I'm just not going out and seeing you because, you know, I don't know what's going on outside with the pandemic. And then I was like, you know what? I called a lawyer. I'm like, do what you're going to do. Right. <laughs> Whatever it is, because, you know, I don't want to negotiate with this guy. And, and the courts are going to be backed up forever on a yeah. lot of these things. I yeah. mean, that, one of the things Sam, the, the tenant lawyer, was saying is it's going to take forever a lot of things are going to just whatever go to judgment or something like that. He was like, you know, a lot of people it won't affect them right now. But he was saying, like, if you if you go to buy a home, I think he said the judgments are good for like twenty years. So I'm like, after that, like, in say twenty two years, you go to buy a house, like they could come after you, just like what we were talking about with yeah. like the PPP. Like they might be like, yeah. um, remember us? And like, <laughs> also, so you got to be like, you got to be really careful with this crazy. Yeah, I stuff. think it was a, was a, was a, it was a residential. I think the city will step in. Because they know how bad it will hit, specifically the New York area. I mean, they haven't done anything yet. <laughs> well, no, they have a program. They have yeah. A, they have a program. You apply, they'll let you know. But I think what they will wait is, see, they waited first to to make sure everybody pays. Now, you know, 80 percent of the people paid. I think the seventy percent paid. They're just waiting for more people to pay, and whoever will be left, they'll be like, okay, what? Well, up until this 
period will cover. Right, right. Just like a, a first, um, the first default uh, protection program for residents. Like the first time when you default on your rent, you go to court and then after two hearings, they will just say, okay, the city will cover it. And, or they'll just say, like, when are you leaving? You know, like, no, you have to leave. That's that's for sure. Right. But now, like, that's not even happening. So people are staying because you're not allowed to, like, actually kick them out. And then it's just like it's turning into this kind of like crazy spiral. And yeah, what Sam was saying was going to take like oh, years. Years, years to pan all this out. Um, and then it seems like with commercial, though, it's just like they're just hanging people out to dry. And, and people are like, I mean, obviously, people are leaving spaces. They're just like getting out because like that hole gets deeper and deeper. And, oh, yeah. You know the liability there. Commercial rents tend to be higher than than residential. I don't think anybody's paying seventy five grand a month for an apartment. <laughs> I hope not. That should be a very and good so, apartment. I mean, you know, they do like that credit check, right? And it's supposed to be a certain percentage of your income. Yeah, I'd love to have that that problem. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so crazy. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we're gonna take another quick break, everybody. We'll be back in just a few. Hang tight. Listen to some, some more. Uh, information, some more insights from my man Parvis here. We'll be back in just a few. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. everybody we're back again it's the entrepreneurial web i'm your host jeremiah fox here with neighboring business owner kind of extraordinary business personality parvis so give us a little like kind of background and timeline on like the businesses that you've opened how young did you get started in it 
you know, to kind of to the current state? Um, I started at 17, right after high school, when I moved from uh, Texas to New York. And then the rent, you know, the bills I had to pay. And then I started working in this company that would fix washing machines. Ah. So basically, I had no time. I had to learn quick. So I learned in like in two months. And then they gave me a van. I would drive around the laundromats, hotels, and fixing the machines. They would pay my bills, more or less. It was a good pay. And then um, as I was going through, they had two partners. They broke up. And then, you know, a whole shit, shit show started. Yeah. And I, at the time, I was like, had two years of experience. And I started, you know, it's time to do on my own, on my own terms. That's how I started my first business. And then I was at 20. Mm-hmm. young still drinking you know all that <laughs> i would work three days and then party four days Sleep four. <laughs> yeah i mean i would make good money uh you know for for someone single and then and it was uh, the same business like repairing right laundry machines and then as i was looking i saw this laundromat that was closed down everything was there you know in laundromats it's basically the plumbing and electricity yeah. all right and it was there somebody just took out the machine and the place was vacant I took it over. I think that was a mistake. <laughs> you know, snake was the mistake. Yeah. So I took it over. I worked for a year. I I couldn't do it. I just had to leave it. I spent like over $100,000. That was my first failure. Yeah. And then after that, I kept on doing uh, for another like four years. Kept on doing you know laundry machines. The company grew. We had about five mechanics. We went to that big place. We had machines. We got distributorships and all that. Everything was going fine. The only problem with that business was it's just too much problems, too much yeah. things that you have to stay on top, never ending. You know, worse than a restaurant. <laughs> a little bit. Oh, we we yeah. serviced uh, Rikers Island, the prison. Oh, oh that's crazy, <laughs> because you have to send. Uh, one of my technicians had a domestic situation going on, and then they had a court with his soon-to-be ex-wife and all that, and I apparently signed up saying that if something like that happens, I will let them know. I send the guy, and they're calling me, screaming, like, why are you saying he's not supposed to be? He's a criminal oh, man. now. <laughs> man. Yeah, and stuff like that. And I always wanted to have a coffee shop. I think coffee shop business out of, um, not, to, not, to, <laughs> not to hurt your feelings, but out of all of them is the simplest one and the easiest one because the transaction between the customer and the business or in the brewery store or the server, it's literally one minute. Yeah. You come, you place order, you pay right away, you get your beverage, the transaction is done. This is where it starts. Yeah. I think that's very important to kind of have a calm business. Yeah. Um, and, and I agree. Like it, it was a simple, it was a pretty simple operation for me. You know, that place opened at six thirty every morning and we would get out of here about one every morning. Mm-hmm. And I, we started to have like, we, we had in 2015, we had five businesses and five business partners. And then one by one, they started to leave. And it was like, okay, we're down to three partners and five businesses and something had to give. The, the beer store just went under, you know, it was just like, there was a high mark. There was a high peak in that market. And we came in at the peak, not before, which is always rough. And then it just, it just took a nose yeah. And those places just pre-pandemic disappeared from the city landscape. You know, yeah. there were like craft beer stores all over. I mean, we lost five just from Cortelu to Fifth Avenue here in Brooklyn. Yeah. Five, like, really nice ones. And, and well, I know one on Dickmas that closed down, too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but with the coffee shop, it got to the point where I was I was operational at both. 
So I was there at 6, 6.15 every morning, and sometimes I wouldn't get out of here until 1. Ooh. And, you know, that they, we closed at 5 in the winter and 7 in the uh, in the, the spring and summer and, and fall. And then here it was just like, you know, 5 to, five to midnight every night. And it was just like this grind. And I'm looking, the, the thing that really was the, the, the gig for me was I'm looking at the numbers of both. And I'm like, it costs the same to run them both, essentially. Like, it literally costs, because we cooked. We made, yeah. we cooked a lot of food there. So I'd have cooks on, baristas, you know, the whole thing. And here, it's like, I got cooks and bartenders. And I'm like, but we make a whole lot more money here. <laughs> and I'm like, so, like, I can part ways with that. I can sleep in a little bit. Um and uh and 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 walk with like essentially the same amount of money and uh and and that's what we did and 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 it allowed me to focus more on here because it was tough you know well yeah i mean you need rest first of all so i I, i've done it before and uh, it's very hard for me like at least unless i really really have to right if i don't like do that the business will go on i'll do it but other than that i'll do everything not to do it (laughs) and i and i had a good run here where where i had full staff you yeah, know, up until March, and, and everybody left. So now I'm, I'm doing all back, that as back well. To one. But but you know, but it's great because it was like it was it was kind of like opening again, like starting over again, but without the opening expense, without the opening. And event. it was a whole bunch of experience. Yeah, was, that is is fantastic. Priceless. Yeah, and and I had always wanted to own a coffee shop too. Like, uh, you know, it was, I've just been in the industry for you know. Mm-hmm decades and uh and still like i've got a i have basically a commercial machine at home i actually have been pulling your beans they're nice mm-hmm. they work really nice on my machine yeah. they, you know not all beans work well on it but uh but i enjoy have the best beans they're good and so but like i just i wanted a commercial machine so bad i wanted like you know the whole thing and friends of mine were running the um the uh new york headquarters for intelligentsia so mm-hmm. that's who that's who we were getting coffee from and they helped me set everything up and train the whole staff. And I used to hang out in their coffee lab all the time, like way before. I, I worked. Well, who, who did you work with? I worked well, with Intelligence. Uh, it, back then it was Ramin. Do you know Ramin Narmani? No. Um, and then it was Justin and... Justin, I know. Yeah. And, and Amy. I, I, can't, I didn't know Amy. It was Justin and somebody else. And and this kid, Jordan, too. So back in the day, it was Ramin and Jordan. Ooh. Jordan moved out west. Ramin now runs this uh, roasting collective. I think they're in the Navy Yard or Red Hook, one of the two. Um, he's still around, still like huge coffee personality. The guy's amazing. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, I just like had this long, you know, fantasy of having that big commercial machine with the lights and everything. <laughs> we did it, and it was great. I'm not sure. I would rather replicate this, do something like Della again, mm-hmm. than like that, or combine the two, where it's like coffee in the morning and this at night. So those expenses are all under one one roof. One roof. It was hard having having you know you but know, i think the coffee business um is much better and i don't know i can't talk about all the cities but for instance there are fewer people in new york going to starbucks and dunkin donuts because yeah. every year there are less and less and there are more coffee shops they do their own thing they give that you know sense of good coffee yeah which most of them do i mean they're, they're they're good coffee i mean starbucks i always say starbucks doesn't sell coffee they 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 sell their logo right <laughs> because uh you know and the same same as Dunkin' Donuts. And I use Dunkin' Donuts because they have parking in the bathroom. <laughs> and um, but uh, coffee business, I think, has got much better. I think we have another like uh, five years. They estimating that the business will jump to like three hundred percent. Yeah. So there will be more coffee shops every day, and um, 
I think that this is this one is here to stay, and I think it's better to open now than it was five years ago. <laughs> now you've hurt my feelings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no regrets. I really have no regrets. Again, it was something that I'd wanted to do for so long, and I learned so much from that process. Um, it helped me refine what I do here yep. and help us. It helped us make this much better. Uh, the same with the retail store, with the beer store. You know, I mean, anytime you're purchasing like that, and I've done it now, I still, I still do a ton of purchasing for the Windsor Terrace Food Co-op and for the for the juice box. Mm -hmm. um, it, it all just contributed to make you know to make everything a, a better running machine. Mm -hmm. um, who knows? Maybe one day I'll get back into it. But I, I think, I think now. What like what's happened since March definitely got rid of a lot of bad coffee shops. You know, oh, yeah. the ones that were just like they were just like getting. I mean, I've seen some bad stuff out there, and I think I think you're right. There's going to be like a nice revival. I mean, I remember what it was like in 2005 and 2006, but it was just like a handful of great places, like you know, Ninth Street Coffee. You know, yep. and and they were they were using counterculture. They were like the only people in in New York using uh, counterculture and uh, or not counterculture. Who was it? Stumptown. They were using some Sometime, yeah. They like kind of put them on the map here, and then uh, like every man espresso, Albrasso, which is still on East Seventh. It's just like there were there were only a handful of really great places. I heard um, I heard Grumpy. A lot of the Grumpy places left, especially mm -hmm. like the one on uh, Mont Street. That's I used to go there all the time. That's sad because that's where like I really fell in love with like the pure shot of espresso <laughs> at that place. You know, they just, they, they made some really great. Coffee. I think they had this, uh, the, the rent prices, you know, uh, I know this guy opened, um, last year he opened about nine stores. Mm -hmm. Um, he opened one on Smith street, you know, the direct competition there. And then the whole pandemic, and I was like, I'm, I'm worried about the guy. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, there's like, you you open nine stores and you had three, or I think he had four, and then you open nine in one year. That, that's, yeah, that's a stretch. I hope, I mean, all the stores are open, so I'm okay. hoping that, yeah. But um, Starbucks will leave eventually, I think, because now they are more outside the, every 12 hours or every 13 hours, they open a new store in the world. It's amazing. But um, Starbucks is big in in Russia, and you know I know Russia. I've been there, and um, China, mm -hmm. uh, Japan. Oh, in Tokyo, Starbucks is number one. Really? Yeah. And then Blue Bottle just went in, so yeah. Blue Bottle yeah. is kind of becoming a competition there. But I think uh, these big players going to be out from big cities. Yeah. And this opens a whole new world for us. Right. No, I think it. I think it'll be a revival, and with if the leases are better, are better terms. Uh, something I've been thinking about. I mean, are any of the leases you've signed recently? Is this the only one you've signed since March? Yeah, thus far. Is there any kind of like pandemic response written into the lease? Are people doing that, like in the riders or anything? Because that's I feel like everybody really has to protect protect themselves. Both sides need to think like really strategically. Like, right. if we get shut down again, what happens? Is it just like fuck you, pay me, or you know, is there? Is there any any backup, any kind of protection being written in? Here, I didn't do anything because the rent was so cheap and it's not even worth it. Yeah. I mean, I can I can close it down for five months and you know still be back and yeah. <laughs> and fine. But the other places that I make an offer is basically if there will be no indoor dining, then the rent is fifty percent. And there was like always oh, do sixty forty because you will still have to go. The coffee shop is a to go business, this and that. But my offer is. 
it has to be 50 if, yeah. if, if, if that happens again. And if I can't make it through that, even with the 50% rent, then it should be like you give the 50% of the uh, deposit back and just leave, you know, with good guy clause and mm -hmm. uh, that should be the end of it. And the landlords are willing to work. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really amazing. This could be here. I mean, some places that I'm on my uh, um, Carroll Gardens, the landlord stepped in and helped me. Good. And it was, we were going back and forth, and I was like, listen, I mean, I, I, need, I, need, I need some help here. Right? <laughs> because when, when everything was shut down, we stayed open, but our sales went oh, down yeah. like 80%. We had like, you know, we we'll make $100 a day. That's not even enough to just hey. That barely covers the coffee. The <laughs> yeah. coffee itself. Forget about the water and the. And then, then he stepped in, and then, um, you know, I guess it depends on the relationship that you have with the landlord. And if you have one of those, you know, family landlords that they have a couple of buildings, but they, you know, they do their own operation. Right. There's a room to 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 talk. I know, my friend owns a laundromat down on Fifth Avenue, and uh, his landlord didn't give any relief. But what he did was for three months the rent, he just put it. At the end of the right. lease, so he still can operate and you know work without being uh, in, a, in, a, in a danger of being on, at the default. But I think it's with this now, the writers will get longer. Yeah. <laughs> Forty-two pages now is going to be fifty-two. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, you have to be very like you have to be super specific. Like the way you were saying, all these details about this is how we no. should respond. There, there has to be some give where like you're not put out, but I'm also not put out. And the goal is that either we have a, like a nice mutual departure where you're not suing me and I also don't owe you like tens of thousands of dollars or to where we can both come out of this yeah. together because it doesn't benefit anybody to have a bunch of empty spaces. And what you were saying too about Starbucks, I mean, they only go in high traffic areas. Right. There's not much traffic in Manhattan right now. <laughs> not <laughs> at all. Like, like there's still the one on 7th and 9th right here, you know, and that, that they're pretty new. But that's still like, a, I mean, residential Brooklyn is, is popping, you know, no. I mean, and nothing's really changed. But like, the, you know, the office space has definitely like. I mean, they have enough so, money. They have enough money for, you know. <laughs> they should give us some. They don't get yeah, love from me. I'll, make, I'll give you my address. <laughs> Send me some money, Starbucks. But I, I like I like how they started, though. It was, well, it, it was like good. in Seattle. They yeah. Come, yeah. I read his books and stuff. It's a great story. I mean, I like the way McDonald's started, yeah. you know? I mean, what it turned into, not so much, but but it's it's inspirational. And for anybody that's looking, you know, I think you and I have a kindred spirit where we just want to keep finding things and yeah. doing things. And, like, it's just fun. Like, yeah. it's exciting. I, like, as soon as the place is, like, up and running, I'm like, okay, let's move on. Like, it's not, it's not much fun this anymore. Is, this is the same situation that I have right now. I am constantly <laughs> looking because I'm bored. You know, once you have that, uh, you know, the staffing problem is solved and you have everything going on, you'd be like, oh, what do I do now? There's no, there's no chaos. Yeah. Because I want that, you know, you look at the place, then you do all the research yeah, and then yeah. go on the website and check what happened there. And then my, my best part is uh, I just go in front of it and just count people <laughs> for like hours. Yeah. And then, you know, like from eight to 10 yep. and then all the busy times on the weekends. And then at some point you'd be like, this is the place. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole, you know, setting it up, you know, putting the stuff where they it's go. Yeah. And then at one day you just look at it, everything blend in and you have the whole machine working, you know, with humans and customers all come together. Everything works. Not always the way you plan, but yeah. sometimes even better. <laughs> Almost never the way you plan. Right. right? <laughs> but that's, that's, that's the drive. That's what I like. Yeah. Same here. I really enjoy that.
All right, we're going to take one more quick break, everybody. Hang tight. We'll be back in just a few. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Hey folks, we're back. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web here with my man Parvis. He is a serial entrepreneur, always looking for new places. Uh, so you you were telling us you went from laundry into coffee shops, right? And you've opened four coffee shops now, all together, yeah. And you split with your old partner, and you have two right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just we were just on the break talking about commercial leases and commercial commercial like buying buildings. Uh, with, commercial and residential and them and how like <laughs> how crazy how it is. hard it is to make money but that's like the fantasy right because they're like own that building um <laughs> but you can't just own one because the taxes are like too crazy right like if you there, I, I can't remember what the the thing is but it's like if you buy a building within two years if you buy another one you keep deferring yes some some tax some something i can't remember but like that's why you just got to keep buying buildings well the problem is that you have to have the money to to buy the buildings and the buildings in new york are crazy like yeah you know it's like at least five million right you know how much taxes you have to pay until to get to five million in your bank account and then if you go through mortgage it's not your building right. it's the banks, the banks you, just, <laughs> you just manage it for them you're just borrowing it right <laughs> managing yeah. it for them doing the dirty work ah. yeah. I, I think uh, you know uh, the glamping is, is a new thing have you heard about yeah, that sure I'm looking into like Poconos and the lands yeah. and how they build these uh, small cabins in Europe and they'll ship it to you right. and I think that's that's something that I would definitely do get like acres but, of but, land yeah and then they just put those cabins and, you know, you don't have to deal with most of the stuff yeah. that you would deal in Brooklyn. Right. Because a lot of them, I mean, they some of them have like, they have running water in like one part of the, uh, right. of the camp, of, of the grounds and then everything else. Sure. Like we've been to places like that where it's like, 
it was just a communal building mm-hmm. with like running water, maybe like an outdoor kitchen, and then uh, everything else is just like nature, you know, yeah. peeing in the woods. <laughs> that's that's why you go there. That's why you pay money. And I do that shit here. I don't care. <laughs> like every time I go to work out in the park, like like without failure, I like I, I go to the bathroom right before I leave, and I run in, and I it's good for me. It's good for the I'm nature. Like, shit, man, I got piss, and I just like I gotta find. It's tough in the winter because there's no there's no foliage. <laughs> so I gotta find. It's like, cold. Well, that, that is just, it's cold. It doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> but like you gotta find that good cover because you don't want to you know some old ladies. I have my own spaces in in, in yeah, the yeah, park right. where I, <laughs> where I use trails. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's like it's it, when it, when the spring comes there's no flowers there <laughs> does it grow <laughs> so yeah we've definitely talked about uh looking into some places upstate like my wife's from the finger lakes and uh her sister still live up there and like buying something up there that you could rent out especially like there's some spots where you've got the lake in the summer and there'll be like a small ski resort mm-hmm. in the winter so you can get rentals year-round yeah and then when we go up we have a, a nice a nice place to stay i definitely thought about that in terms of a purchase and like those places i mean i could buy like three of them today you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah these places are like one hundred and ten thousand, you know and they're like on they're small but they're on property like you actually get property with it as opposed to here where it's like you get your little you get your little leg <laughs> and you can your put your garbage bags <laughs> baskets right over there <laughs> just one uh, I, one day i'll have to tell you the the this story of like the garbage over there because it was a residential building and we moved a bunch of stuff and these crazy people upstairs and like we moved the garbage receptacle and everything like built a brand new one and they just like they weren't having it and like literally putting garbage in the front of our storefronts is crazy i'll tell you that yeah. i was say that we didn't get tickets <laughs> well no they were because it, it looked like it was our garbage you know like cops had to be called it was a whole i almost had this lady arrested it was and that's commercial commercial <laughs> management <laughs> This is management in New York City. Like, it's so crazy, some of the stuff that happens. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I'm still shocked that the laundry mat is, like, can be more crazy than the restaurant. Servicing the commercial laundry equipment, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I guess you do have a lot of equipment. Yeah. yeah. Because you have this wide spectrum of businesses. Hospitals, prisons, uh, juveniles, we wouldn't go. And some... Hospitals, like infectious disease, like where my guys will just walk away from there. Oh, my God. (laughs) I had to send somebody to get the van. We had had some fun times. What was that? That had to have been crazy during... during the pandemic because like you still like they people were washing laundry like crazy right and we did yeah we did about 70 percent of all the nursing homes in new york my guys were like no (laughs) we're not doing it that's i don't care if we yeah yeah so um and then the other hot topic that just was announced earlier this week is that dining rooms in new york city can open Mm -hmm. at 25 percent Starting September 30th, which gives you how many? One seat. <laughs> Here, he'll give me just one. I have, I have four seats, four tables. So he'll give me, he'll give me one for two persons. Oh, man, you got to just charge money. You got to just be like. <laughs> but, you know, like I was, I was looking. I have to buy a um, non-contact temperature probe. Right. That, you know, either you will have to scan somebody on the forehead with like a gun looking thing. Yep. Or get one of the fancy ones. That's like $2,000. 
I'm like, if I get it for $2,000 and then I have one table, I only 20 years for that money right. to come back. So I don't think I'll do indoor. Not here. I'll do on uh, right. Smith Street. And you don't need it. I mean, here you've got so much available outdoor space. Right. Um, so what are some of the other stipulations they have? You, you have to do, you have to do uh, tracing? Everybody has to leave their phone number. I don't know how they'll do it. They said one person per table. Per um, table, yeah. Per yeah, group. Yeah, per group. So one contact trace per group. Which is great. Where are we supposed to put that? Where we where we keep that information? Yeah, and then you have to put the big billboards for the I call it snitches. You know, if if you see that the social distancing is not working, they have to put like text your picture here, wow. kind of thing. Really, with with your code or something, so they know it's coming from from your from right. your place. And then fifty percent by November thirtieth, I think. Did Depend- they announce that? Well, depending on how it will go, right. just like you know, they I mean, jerk us all the time. The school situation is already like uh, my wife was telling me this morning, like two teachers in Sunset Park that just went back to work last week, tested positive in a school, two in Park Slope at a place right just at the other end of Prospect here. So like putting people in small spaces and they're already testing positive. And even if there's not like a major health threat, they're going to just they're going to they're going to shut everything back down, man. It's crazy. Yeah, my sister, she's a director of education at the private school down by uh, Brighton Beach area. Uh-huh. And she says it's just crazy yeah like we get quarantines and we we try to open because it's a private school and then all of a sudden somebody somebody tests positive and they have to go back again right uh, did they did they shut down classrooms or they oh yeah they're open? not open yeah. yet yeah so, <laughs> they try to open that's definitely but i feel like we, somebody somebody has to take the step to see like the questions around herd immunity and all that like does it exist are we in this situation or is it is it as crazy and fucked up as it, you know some people are saying you know my thing was what will come down to it is that at some point as a nation we'll just say you know what let's just take the risk we'll just i think it was already happening because you know 192,000 people died you know related to covid and people are like yeah I mean, no, like, there think are about some it. people like that, yeah. Um, no, it's crazy because we had 9-11. It was so horrible. You know, I was a child. I, I remember looking at it from Uzbekistan. Uh-huh. And we had like three days of nonstop coverage. And we never get that. We don't get news there. Right. <laughs> it right. was just, you know. And the whole thing, the 3,000 people died. We still mourn every day. But now we have 3,000 people dying every day. And this whole, you know, I don't want to wear my mask. Right. You know, where is my... Right. So... No, there, there is a, there's a, there's a big... It's very polarizing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think here, like, I think each, each, especially urban area is going to respond a little different. I mean, we got New York got nailed, oh. you know, and like everybody, let's just, let's just get it. Like we, everybody had it. Yeah. <laughs> everybody got a little, I was telling somebody the other day, like, you know, you remember the Dave, Ch- the Dave Chappelle episode where he's like, just sprinkle some crack on him. Like, <laughs> like we all got some Corona sprinkled on us. Because, you know, one more thing about the statistic is that they said all the hospitals needed money. Yeah. And because Corona treatment is 100% funded by the government, they're like, maybe the numbers are a little jacked. Like, sure. Okay. We have 12 million people in New York. We had thousands of cases every day. And all of a sudden, we have seven. Right. And have your lifestyle changed? Like, it was changed in May and April. No. Not, after that? Not me. I mean, I still worked every day. All my places stayed open. You yeah. know, we did things a little differently. But, like, life here didn't change. In the neighborhood, it was, it was you know, besides, like, a little less, you know, traffic. Right. But everybody was out there. Everybody was, We are essentially doing the same thing as we were doing before. But somehow... 
their their yeah. system is working. It's yeah, we'll bullshit. see. We'll see. Anyways, <laughs> I hope everybody's safe. I hope it's good. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna open uh, at 25. I'm gonna do my best, you know. And I'm just gonna do this. Keep the doors and windows all open and put fans on. I didn't mm-hmm. run the air conditioner at all this this year. We just I saved a lot of money. <laughs> Sorry, Con Ed. You were never not great to me, anyways. But yeah. Uh, yeah, just keep the air flowing, and then we'll see what happens and, and take that step. So. Well, thank you for coming on. We got to wrap up. Uh, you guys check this guy out. He's a uh, cafe <laughs> Poetica Coffee. <laughs> I'm gonna make up a. <laughs> I'm gonna make up my own business out of this. I am getting back in the coffee industry, right here on Prospect Avenue. And what? Where are you at in Carroll Gardens? Uh, Smith Street and the Grove. Smith and the Grove. Cool hot spot. I love it over there. Cool. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Peace out. Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a curious person always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. <laughs> 